Progress. Okay, so today uh, the learning is dedicated um, a few people anonymously for their Hatzlacha, and for other people's Hatzlacha, Yehuda Pellet for that Hatzlacha, those learning with Ashivenu, Avi Hershkowitz, Zechan Nishmas, Hinda Bas Yosef Sviyalevi, Nisham Shavan Aliyah, for Michael Rollhaus, for Gila Bas Shloim and Leah Bas Afraim, Nisham Shavaliyah, for Mr. Lorch, for Fushlem Yehudis Bas Miriam, Shisham Fushim Bakarev, for Dani Sasson, the Zechan Nishmas, Yitzchak Ben Chaim Alevi, Nisham Shavaliyah, and by Moshe Singer, Zechanishmas Yaakov ben Shragafai ben Levi, Saraleya ben Shmuel Tzvi, Chanan ben Pesach, Devar Yecht ben Shmuel Yeshua, and Rav Avram ben Rav Baruch, Neshama Shavan Aliyah. So the Gemara says like this, we're up to Daf Memtes Amid Beis, the bottom line. The Gemara says, Itmar, Orev Diksuva Dibri HaKoloi Mishdavid, which means... Um, the question is, when you become a guarantor, does it automatically work? So the Gemara says, Arev de Ksuba de As we're going to see in a moment, if I become a guarantor for a Ksuba, it doesn't work. Why? The assumption is that I don't actually intend to be an Arev. I don't actually intend to be an Arev. So why am I saying I'm a guarantor? Meaning the guy's about to get married to the girl, and I guess the girl is nervous that he doesn't have enough money. So I'm a guarantor, I'm the Chassan's friend, and I'll say, ah, a guarantor. That doesn't that doesn't work. I'm not an actual guarantor. You can't actually come to me to pay the ksuba. Why? For two reasons. The gemara is going to say. First of all, you're doing a mitzvah, and the assumption is you're just trying to get them to get married. You're not actually uh, interested in actually, you know, financially uh, backing up the husband. You just want them to get married. So you're saying whatever you're going to say in order for them to get married. And also, the gemara says, more importantly, most times when you need a guarantor, one person is losing money. Right? If I lend you money and I don't have a guarantor, I'm out of cash. The woman doesn't lose anything. The ksuba is just like an incentive for her to get married. Like, let's say she doesn't get the ksuba. She's not out financially. She doesn't lose any money. Therefore, my assumption when I'm being the guarantor is I'm not actually, like, guaranteeing anything. Because it's not like she's losing money, right? Let's say she gets married and, and the guy can't pay the ksuba. Let's say there was such a possibility. It's not like she loses anything. Okay, she stays even Stephen. She got married, okay? So, therefore, the assumption is that when I'm in RA for a ksuba, I don't actually mean it. Okay. Now, now let's go through. Now, the Gemara, we, we referenced this yesterday, but now we're going to analyze this. There is a guess whether an Arev works or a Kablan works if the guy has no money. Meaning, a Kablan is where it's like a super Arev. It's where you say, basically, I'm a Kablan, which means that you come to him first. You don't even go to the guy first. You go straight to him to pay. And then he could collect the debt from the original guy. Meaning, if I lent you $1,000, huh? Because he wants to really be nice. I lent you a thousand dollars. Then your friend John is the cobbler. I would go straight to the cobbler and take money from him, and he'd take it from you. Now uh, the question is: By an arev and a cobbler, does it work if you don't have the money? Meaning, if I lent you a thousand dollars, but I know that you have the means to pay it back. Maybe your your cash is not liquid now, but you have property that would pay off a thousand dollars said if i'm an arev yeah it makes sense that i actually mean it because i know there's a good chance i'm making my money back what if you're dirt poor and you have no money so it could be that when i'm the arev i don't actually have gamir's das and i'm not actually considered an arev so it's a machlegas kablan de balchoiv if I'm a kablon, so that's like a super arev of a balchoiv of a of a loan it works whether i have money or not kablon is a super arev that if whether the person borrowing the money has the means to pay it back or not, it's irrelevant. If you're a Kabbalan, 
you're a Kablon. So if, if you borrow $1,000 and I say, I'll be your Kablon, the halacha is whether you have the means to pay it back or not is irrelevant. I, I'm, I'm a Kablon, I'm responsible. Arev de Balchayv, the Kablon pligi. The machlekes is, if I'm an arev of a balchayv and you have no way of paying it back, do I really mean it? Or if I'm a kablan of a ksuba? Because so, as I said before, a ksuba generally you don't actually mean it. The question is, what about a kablan of a ksuba? So that's a machlekes. Some say that an arev of a balchayv, the classic arev, works even if you have no means of paying it back, if you accept it to be an Ariv, then you're an Ariv. But some disagree and they say, no, an Ariv only works if you have the means to pay it back. If you don't have the means to pay it back, then you're not actually an Ariv. Okay, what's the halacha? The halacha is that in general, by an Ariv or a Kablan, whether you have the means or not, if you say you're an Ariv, if you say you're a Kablan, you have to pay it back. Except for an Ariv of a Ksuba, Ksuba, there's no such thing as an Arev. Why? Even if the man has the money, it doesn't matter. There's no such thing as an Arev on a Ksuba. My time, what's the reason? Because again, the assumption is that when I say I'm an Arev to pay off the Ksuba, I don't actually mean it. I'm just trying to get you to do the mitzvah of getting married. And in addition, the woman's not losing anything. So I say to myself, well, so who cares if so she doesn't get the Ksuba? Who cares? She's not like she's losing money. So... It's not like she put money into this investment that she's going to be losing out. Therefore, my mind is not really into it. That's what the Gemara says. Okay. We said yesterday, Marzutra had an opinion. We said in the Mishnah that the Ksuba of an Isha, she collects Ziboris from the cheapest quality. Then Marzutra had this Chiddush. Marzutra's Chiddush is, that's only true if the husband died and she's collecting it from the orphans. Because when you collect from orphans, you collect from Ziboris. But if the husband divorced her and she's collecting from the husband, she gets Bainanis. Here's the problem, and this is how the Gemara is going to reject Marzutra. According to Marzutra, there are scenarios where a woman collects her ksuba from, from Bainanis. If the husband's alive, she collects it from Bainanis. If the husband dies, then she collects it from Ziboris because they're Yisomim. Here's the problem. We said yesterday, why is it that a woman collects from Ziboris? Because we said, Yoser Ish Rotsalisa, Isha Rotsalinase, which means the reason why she collects Ziboris is because she wants to get married anyway. We don't need to incentivize it. Now, according to Marzutra, she does collect from Bainanis. If the husband divorces her, she collects from Bainanis. Meaning, we have in the Mishnah that a woman collects Aksuba from Ziboris. According to Marzutra, that's only true if the husband died and she's collecting from Yisomim. Why does she collect from Ziboris? Because Yisomim, you always collect from Ziboris. Here's the problem. Meaning, the husband died and she's collecting from the kid's estate. This is Yisomim. So says Marzutra, Oh, that's why you collect from Ziboris, because they're Yisomim. But that's not what the Brysa says. The Brysa says the reason why a woman collects from Ziboris is because a man wants to, a woman wants to get married anyway. You don't have to incentivize her. Let her, buy, let her collect from the cheapest stuff, because she's willing to get married anyway. Meaning, so according to Marzutra, the reason why you collect from Ziboris is because it's Yisomim, but that's not what the Brysa says. The Brysa indicates that she always collects from Ziboris, whether she's collecting from the husband who's alive and it's after divorce, whether the kid parent, husband died and it's from the Yisomim. It's always Ziboris. Why? Because a woman wants to get married. We don't need to incentivize it. So Marzutra is rejected from the Brisa. Because according to Marzutra, it's Dafka because it's Yisomim. The Brisa indicates that it has nothing to do with Yisomim. It has to do with the fact that we don't need to incentivize the woman getting married. So the Gemara says, Tanya, it says in the Brisa, We said in the Brisa, the reason why she collects from Ziboris is because we don't need to incentivize the marriage. And if Marzutra is right, that the only time you collect from Ziboris is from orphans, then say that. Tiyofta, the Marzutra, Tiyofta.
it is rejected. Okay, now this gemara today's daf is not hard. You just have to work it through slowly. According to the Brisa, she always collects from Zibaris, whether she's collecting after the husband died, whether the husband's alive, and it's always Zibaris. Now, we said that when you collect from Yisomim, it's Zibaris. You always collect from the cheapest thing. Let me ask you a question. What happens if I lent you, not I lent you money, I lend someone money, okay? Normally, when it's a Balchov, when you lend someone money, they collect from Beninus, from the middle quality. But we wrote in the Shtar, I'm collecting from the best. That was the deal that we made. We made a deal. It's in the star. Then the guy dies. Do the children, and I'm collecting from Yisomim. So do we say, well, it's Yisomim, it's Yiboris. On the other hand, we had a deal. So the question is, do they have to honor that specific deal? So that's the Gemara's question. You have, you want to collect the debt from Yisomim, the debt of the father. Even though the father made a deal, and it says in the document, you're going to collect Idis. Zutra says the name of Nachman that the Yisomim, if you're collecting from Yisomim, you only collect Ziboris. Why? Because I don't care that you made a deal with the father. Whenever you collect from Yisomim, you collect from Ziboris. Amr Abaya says, I'll prove it to you. Teda, the Balchov Dina Bebenis, Miasi Biziboris. Abaya says, this makes sense. Whenever you collect from Yisomim, it's Ziboris. So over here, it's also Ziboris. What's the difference? It doesn't matter. It's a Ziboris is Ziboris. Yisomim is Ziboris. Amrly Rava, Rava says, I actually think I have a very different view. Rava has a completely different take. He says, Hachi Hashem, wait a minute. Rava's view is that in general, whenever you lend someone money, you really should collect from Ziboris because he actually feels that that's the biblical requirement. The reason why Chazal allowed you to collect from the middle amount, from Bainanis, is to incentivize loans. Because if I lend you money and I know I'm just going to get cheap quality, I'm not going to lend you money. So really, Doraisa it Ziboris, every loan, Chazal upped it to Bainanis. So by Yisomim, they kept it to biblical concept. Meaning, Rava feels that we never treat Yisomim differently. What we do is, we keep them to the biblical requirements. In this case, when I made a deal with you, and I wrote in the Shtar, where I'm collecting from Idis, what's the halacha? I have to collect from Idis on a biblical level. So because I have to collect from Idis on a biblical level, the Yisom should have to honor that. I mean, Rav's point is that we don't just like have a, a rule like Halacha Meshav Sinai that Yisomim always collects Ziboris. The Halacha is that if it's supposed to be biblically Ziboris and the rabbis opted to Bainanis, by Yisom we'll go back to Doraisa. But in this case, where I made a deal with the father and the deal was Idis, that means that on a biblical level, you have to keep your word. As the Pasuk says, Be'arvenu, the Pasuk says regarding Yehuda and Binyamin, Anoichi Arvenu, that when you made a deal, you made it sort of like a guarantee, this land is a guarantee, you have to keep your word. So therefore, on a biblical level, I have to use Idis. So now that it goes to the Yisraelim, they should also have to adhere to the biblical rule, and therefore the Yisraelim should also have to pay Idis as well. The Gemara says, Amalei Rava, Rava's point is that, the Rava's point is that the reason why the standard case Yisomim have to do Ziboris is because every time I loan you money, it should be really Ziboris. That's Doraisa. But Chazal opted to Bainanis to incentivize loans, but by Yisom we'll keep it to Doraisa. But in this case, where the man lent him the money and they wrote in the Shtar, I'm going to collect Idis, that's a Doraisa Idis. Because the Pasuk says, because there's a requirement, which means that when you make a deal with someone, you have to keep your word. It's a biblical concept. It's written in a star. So therefore, 
I biblically have to pay Idis. So now that the Yisam are involved, okay, I'm going to keep the word Deraisa. Meaning, Rav's point is, we don't find that, like, it's not Halacha Moshe Messina that when it's Yisom, it's Ziboris. It's the, it's the, you keep the Deraisa with Yisom. So if Doraisa it's Idis, it should be Idis as well. So Rav's point is that in this case, because it's written in the Shtar, Idis, it's Doraisa Idis. I'm really Rav, let's see it inside. Hachi Hashna, wait a minute. Baal Chayv, Dina Medoraisa, but Ziboris. Wait, wait. The average loan is really Doraisa Ziboris. Ula says, every time you loan someone money, you should really biblically collect from the cheapest quality. The Pasuk describes paying back as that you stand outside. What does it mean? The Pasuk describes paying a loan as if taking something outside. Like, what do you take outside? You take trash outside. So do you pay a loan from the trashiest land? So how come Chazal changed their mind and made it? That when you lend someone money, you collect from the middle quality, it's It's in order to incentivize loans, because if I loan you money and I know I'm getting back cheap quality, I'm not going to loan you money. So really, they upped it to Beninus. And by the Yisomim, they just kept it to biblical. So it's not like this Allah Mosh Masinai that Yisom always pays Ziboris. It's just that the average loan, we made it that the Yisomim keep the biblical concept. But over here, but over here, because we made a deal, I made a deal with the Father, and it's written in the Shtar that he's collecting Idis. Then Rava says that Yisom should also have to pay Idis. So according to Rava, in this case, the Yisom actually pay Idis. According to Abaya, it's Ziboris. Ula Rava, wait, according to Rava, Hatani Avram Chosa. So you tell me, according to Rava, there's no such rule in the Torah that Yisomim always pays Ziboris. It's just, by the average loan, they keep it to the biblical rule. But it's very possible we don't like break the Torah for Yisomim. And therefore, in this case, the Yisom will have to pay Idis. The Gemara says, wait a minute, what does Rava do with the following? Ula Rava, according to Rava, Hatani Avram Choza, Avram Choza taught, Ein Nefram Minichsi Yisomim Elamiziboris. The Brisa says, you only collect from Yisomim Ziboris, so far so good, Vafilu Hein Nizakin, and even if they're damages, now wait a minute, you're telling me that if that if you're collecting damages from Yisomim, you collect it from Ziboris. But I thought damages, that's a biblical concept of Idis. So what is that? So what is that? So wait a minute. So you're telling me, according to Rava, that we never break the rules for the Yisom. We just keep it to biblical. So if I damage you and I'm collecting, what's the, what's the Doraisa Idis? So how come over here it says that you collect from the Yisomim Ziboris? It should be Idis. So the Gemara says, you do collect from the Yisomim Idis, but it says Ziboris. The answer is, this is what we had before. And this case is, the cases where the damager's cheapest stuff was equal to the damagee's best stuff. So when the Brisa says, you give Ziboris, what it means is his Ziboris, which is my Idis. Meaning, although biblically, right, we had Rabbi Shmuel, that if, if I damage you, my cheapest stuff is equal to your best stuff, biblically, I can just give you my cheap stuff. Because it's your best. But the Rabbanon made it that I have to give my best. For that, the damager has to give his best as opposed to giving his cheapest, even though his cheapest is equal to the damagee's best. Midaraisa, you can give your cheapest because that's equal to, to your best. Correct, correct. But Midarabanon, they made it that I have to give my best, which is way better than your quality. On that, the Yisomim go back to the, do, to the Doraisa, which is cheapest. So when it says cheapest, it doesn't mean cheapest. It means cheapest when it's equal to his best. But we still don't have a source that we will just break the Torah for Yisomim. The Gemara says, 
So we still do not have a kashan rava that we could still have it that there's no that there's no just like magic rule that we just break the Torah. Okay, the Gemara says like this. Aini is this true? One more kasha on rava. On rava. Sorry. The Bryce says, we only collect from Yisomim Ziboris, and even if they're Idis, so we collect from Ziboris even if they're Idis. What does that mean? What does that mean? You know what it must mean? It must mean the case is you wrote in the Shtar Idis, and still you collect Ziboris. It says you collect Ziboris even if it's Idis. What does that mean? It must be you collect Ziboris even if it's Idis, meaning even though you wrote in the Shtar that you're going to give, that you're going to pay Idis, still you pay Ziboris, which is not like Rava. So the Gemara says no. My Idis, Shefoi Idis. Let's grab Tisha for a second. Hold on. One second. Sorry. <coughs> No, so Rabbah says the case is like this. The case is not. Again, the Brisa says something very cryptic. The Brisa says you collect from the Yisom Ziboris even if it's Idis. So what does that mean, even if it's Idis? So we thought maybe it means even if it's written in the Shtar to collect Idis, you still just collect Ziboris, not like Rabbah. So Rabbah says, no, 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 no. The case is Shifoi Idis. What it means is like this. It's a Shaila in the Rishinim. I'll go with the more Poshib shot. Uh, it's a Machalik in the Rishinim. What exactly the case I'll go with the more simple shot. The case is like this. I have Ziboris. Beninus and Idis, and then I damage you, okay? So I'm spo- you're supposed to collect from Idis. And then, after the, the Nezek happened, the Shefoi Idis, which means the Idis got destroyed. The Idis got uh, washed away, whatever it is, and it's not collectible. So then Rava's point is, then in general, what happens if the Idis is taken away? So you automatically just go to Beninus. But says Rava, Midoraisa, you really go to Ziboris. Meaning, Midoraisa, if this is not in play, you just go to Ziboris. By the average person, they'll up it to Beninis, but by Yisoman, they'll keep it to Ziboris. The Gemara will see it inside. My Idis, Shefoi Idis. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, Shefoi Idis, Laacher Hezek. The case was, the case of the Yisoman where you collect from Ziboris, even if there's Idis, is the following case. I have Ziboris, Beninis, and Idis. And I damage you. So you'll collect from Idis. When after the damage happens, before you're able to collect, there's a big storm, all my Idis is destroyed. So then what happens? You go to Beninis. So it says Rashi. You see, Rashi's point is that there's still Idis available. According to other Yishayim, there's no Idis available. We'll go with no Idis available. So the Idis is completely destroyed. So now all I have left is Ziboris and Beninus. So what do you collect? It says Rashi, you collect from Beninus. Why? Because you no longer have a claim to Idis. Wait a minute. So once you lost your claim of Idis, shouldn't you just go to Ziboris? The answer is, in order to benefit society, you go back to Benis. So meaning, when the Idis is removed, you go back to Biblical, which is really Doraes at Ziboris. The rabbis opted to Benis, but for Yisomim, it sticks to Ziboris. So when it says in the Braisa that Yisomim pay from Ziboris, even if there's Idis, what it means is, even if there was Idis, but it got destroyed, Destroyed, they, they pay from Ziboris only, but it's not at all related to Rava's discussion before. 
Okay, fine. We said in the Mishnah that by Yisomim you collect from Ziboris only. And the question is, who are the Yisomim? I talked about this yesterday a little bit. Are the Yisomim under Bar Mitzvah only or even if they're above Bar Mitzvah? Again, you could have Yisomim that are 12, that the father died, and they left it to 12-year-olds, and then they're in charge of the estate. Or you could have it where the father died and they're 18. Uh, the question is, is the halacha by Yisomim only if they're only if they're below Bar Mitzvah or even if they're above Bar Mitzvah? That's the Gemara's kasha. So the Gemara says, This concept that Yisoyimim only pay from Ziboris, is it Ketanim? Is it only if they're under Bar Mitzvah? Even if they're above Bar Mitzvah, what's the Shaila? Well, let's, let's analyze this. If the whole concept that they collect from Ziboris is a Takonas Chazal, meaning it's Chazal being lenient on them because they don't have anyone to take care of them and they're not really involved in money, so it makes sense that they would only make that takana for kids under bar mitzvah. Above bar mitzvah, what do they need a takana for? So if it's a takantas chazal, if it's a takantas chazal in order to help the yisomim out, meaning Rashi says, Lachus al yisomim lahamed al din Torah, shezatorach v'mocher zibor shein lahem yitrich b'shvilam. If it's a takantas chazal to help out the yisomim because they no longer have anyone to take care of them, then it makes sense they would only make that takana in the case where they're under bar mitzvah. But if they're above bar mitzvah, they don't need takanas chazal, and therefore maybe they should pay from beninus or even idus. So perhaps if yisomim lent, if there's a loan. And the Yisomim, you're collecting from Yisomim, the Yisomim are above Bar Mitzvah, Lechora, you should have to pay from, they should have to pay from Beninus. Or perhaps no. Mishum deloi masik adayte de malva de misloive, venovo noxi kabiyasmi, davi enoyus delos hilka chafilu gedelum nami. Or perhaps no, it's interesting, Svara. Perhaps, and focus on this one, this is interesting. Perhaps, the reason why Ketanim, it, you, you, you collect from the Yisomim, even if they're Gedolim, you collect Ziboris. Why? Why, Midoraisa, we said before that if I loan you money, you should collect from Ziboris, right? Midoraisa. Now, why is it that you collect from Beninis? It's so that you don't stop people from loaning money. Because if I loan you money and I know I'm only getting Ziboris back, I'm not going to do it. The question is is there a concern over here in the following case? I loan you money. Am I worried that I'm not going to get the money back? How would you not get the money back? I loan you money. And then the person dies. And then you go to the kids. Recording stopped. The point is like this. If I lend you money, what's the, what's the concern? I'm not going to lend you money because I'm worried about the following scenario. I'm going to lend you money. You're going to die. I'm going to have to go to your kids and collect Zibors. People don't think like that. People, people, that won't be a motivating factor. So it could be that even if the Yisoma are above Bar Mitzvah, they should still only have to pay Zibors. Why? The answer is because paying Zibors is really biblical. They only upped it to Bainanis in order to incentivize loans because they don't want people to stop loaning each other money. But this is not going to affect them. No one thinks that the money you're going to lend to someone, that guy's going to die and you'll have to collect it from the kids. And therefore... It's not, yeah, but the Gemara says that's not on people's radar. And therefore, you're not concerned that what? I'm not going to lend you money because maybe you'll die and have to collect from the kids, it'll become Ziboris. That's so not on people's radar. And therefore, it, 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 you could actually stick with the biblical concept, which is Ziboris. Meaning, if just making it Ziboris to keep it the biblical is just to help the Yisomim, we're only going to help them if they're on the Bar Mitzvah. If it's because there's no reason to up it, it's not going to affect people's, you know, 
desire to loan people money. So as the Gemara says, No one's thinking this. The Malva is not thinking, oh, the Malva is going to die. And then uh, it's going to fall to Yisom and I have to collect Zippo. And then no one thinks like that. No one's going to think it. It won't prevent, pe- prevent people from loaning money. So perhaps you could actually keep it to biblical. And the Gedolim also, you could, you could do Zibotis. So the Gemara says, uh, oh, so, so, so the Everybody sees the money in front of them, so that's why we go with the idiots, so we don't go with the, uh, the lower level. Ziboris, yeah. But, but, the things that you're talking about 20 years from now, Correct. the father's going to die. So that's the kasha. The kasha is, so if the Yisomim are of bar mitzvah, do they pay Ziboris or Benness? The Gemara says, Tashima, the Tani Abaya Kishisha, one of the halachas is that if you collect money from the Yisomim, you have to swear. Anytime you collect money from Yisomim, you have to swear that you, didn't, you weren't already paid. That halacha is true whether they're above bar mitzvah or below bar mitzvah. So what do you see? You see when it comes to Yisomim, there's no difference when it comes to Hezek and Balchov between under bar mitzvah and below bar mitzvah and above bar mitzvah. Because when it comes to Shavuos, you have to make a Shavuos whether below, above or below. And there's no distinction. So to over here, there should be no distinction. Above and below are both Ziboris. The Gemara says, no. Perhaps no, perhaps that's not equatable. What are you showing me? That by a shvua, there's no difference. I'll tell you why. What's the purpose of a shvua? The purpose of a shvua is to make sure that the guy didn't pay already. Someone's father dies, and they're going into the father's estate. I don't care your age. You may not know whether the guy already paid him, right? When your father was alive, let's say you're taking over your father's money. And then after, after your father died, the guy comes like, oh, hey, your father owed me money. You could be 13, you could be 50, you could be 60. You don't know whether he paid your father privately because you were not involved. So that's not a proof that we're going to, when it comes to Ziboris, anything. That's just when it comes to Shavua, it makes sense that they have to swear regardless of the age because it's not a competence thing. It's just I don't know the inner workings of my father's money because I wasn't working on it day to day. So when it comes to Shavua... The shvua is that you have to, they have to swear to the Yisomim they didn't already receive, them, receive the money from the dad before he died. But that's, and that's true whether the Yisomim are 10 or 50. But that's different because that, that makes a lot of sense they have to swear because the, 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 the kid, the Yisom, even if he's 30 years old, he's a competent person, he's going to say, I wasn't involved in the inner workings. I have no idea whether you paid my father or not. And who's the person who owes, who's, who's trying to collect the money from the Yisomim, he has to swear. But that's not a proof either way, because of, again, over there, that the Yisomim could just say, listen, I could be 30 years old, I have no idea what my father inner workings, I wasn't involved in the day-to-day money running. But when it comes to Ziboris, we still don't know. So the Gemara says, the Hilchasa, go to the next page, Yisomim she'omra gedolim ve'in sarhoma ketan, and ve'in l'shvu ve'in l'ziboris. The halacha is, there is no difference between Yisom being gedolim or ketanim, whether Shvua or Ziboris, they're always treated the same. Okay, now one last little sugya, a little bit tricky. Uh, get to the two dots, then the rest of it is very easy. Okay, the halacha was as follows. Which means that if a person has land in front of them, you owe me land, you owe me money, I have to collect from your land, even if all you have is Ziboris available, I have to take that before I start undoing sales that you did. Right? Let's say you sold 
Bainanis or Idis, I technically have a lien on the property, but I have to take whatever's available. I, I can't just take encumbered property because it's, uh, it's not good for commerce for people to like buy property and then have it taken away from them. It's going to stop people from buying and selling. So I have to take whatever's available. Even if it's Ziboris, I have to take that because, again, it'll cause problems. So here's the Gemara's Kasha. Here's the question. What if instead of you selling property... You gave it as a gift, meaning you have in front of you Ziboris, but you just gave away good idis as a gift. Can I undo a gift? I can't undo a sale. The question is, is undoing a gift a problem? You say, well, who cares about a gift? Yeah, why not? Undo it. What's it going to stop? The answer is, if I give you a gift, you have to understand a lot of times when people give each other gifts for land, it was to make sure that future businesses would be good. You don't just give people gifts as land. And therefore, it's similar to commerce that if you start undoing that, then in the future, I want to do business with the guy. The guy's like, oh, that's the guy who gave us land and it got taken away. I'm not doing business with him. So it could be for Chazal protected him by matanas as well. So matana heich, what's the halacha by a matana? Do, am, I, am I allowed to undo a matana to avoid taking Jazi Boris or no? You have to take what's available without undoing a gift. Is it that Chazal did not want to undo a sale because that hurts the person who bought it, but by a gift where, okay, so worst case scenario, the gift that you got was taken away. Not so bad. Or perhaps, no, I don't give you a gift of land unless it's to help uh, because we have some sort of relationship. Nobody gives gifts unless it's either to keep a relationship going, to help a future relationship. So if you start undoing gifts, that hurts me financially also. So that's the Gemara's Kasha. So the Gemara says, Let's try to analyze this Bryce. It's a tricky Bryce. Bryce says as follows. You have a person on his deathbed. He says, Give $200 to Reuven. $300 to Shimon. $400 to Levi. The question is, so 200, 300, 400. The question is, does he mean in that specific order? Or he's just saying, I want him to get 200, I want him to get 300, to get 400. Let's say there's not, that's 900. Let's say there's not 900 to go around. There's only 500 to go around. Does he want 200 to go to him and then what's ever left over to go to number two? Oh, no, because, because he's just saying, he's not saying, he's just saying, give him, give him, give him. He never said, give him and then give him. He just, give him, give him, give him. So perhaps... He doesn't mean it to be in that specific order. It just means to be distributed at that ratio of 2, 3, 4. So the Gemara says, We do not assume that he meant a specific order. Rather, it's meant to be given out at the same time. Therefore, because there's no order, if the person that's giving, the person on his deathbed is giving out the money to Reuven, Shimon, and Levi, his name is Avram. If Avram is owed money, if, if Avram owes money to someone and that person wants to collect from Reuven, Shimon, Levi, he collects from all three of them at the same time. It's not like he goes to Reuven. It's not like Reuven, it's not like you go to Levi and Reuven's like, go to, go to, you go to Reuven, Reuven can't say, go to Shimon. I, I took the 200, there was 500 available, go to him. It, it, and you, you, I mean, the person on his deathbed, Avram on his deathbed says, give Reuven, Shimon, Levi. So you give 200, 300, 400. The halacha is, if they meant a specific order, 200, and then 300, and then 400, if he meant, so then if the person who's doing that, Avram, who's giving it out, if he owes John $1,000, 
then John goes to collect, right? He doesn't go... Shchiv Meira owes money. money. So he goes to Reuven. He's going to say, hey, pay me up. Reuven could be like, don't go to me. Go to Shimon Levi. They're after me. I was paid first. Like, they, I left cash for you. I left fields for you. You have to go to Shimon. And then Shimon can say, go to Levi. Because that's the, that makes sense, right? Why should you go to the first one when there was, there was free land available? Well, no, because he doesn't have any money. Shkimera doesn't have any money. Shkimera doesn't have the money. But Correct. And now, Correct. So now they're trying to get the cash. So they're going to Reuven. Reuven could say to him, if, if it's a specific order, Reuven could say, don't go to me, go to Shimon. Why? Why? Because when Reuven took the money, Shimon's land was not yet given. So therefore, Shimon's land was considered free, un- unencumbered. Right? His land is Meshubad. Whatever land. I'm talking about land. Right? We're talking about land. It, it was land that was worth Yeah, we're talking about land. Yeah, yeah. Money. Point is, if if, uh, if you bought land from somebody, Stam, you bought land from somebody, but he still had land in his estate. Mm-hmm. Because the estate, he take the estate first. You know what I'm saying? Stam, forget about all this. You bought land from me, and I still had five parcels of land left, and then I sold the rest to Levy. And someone owes, I owe someone money. They can't go to you first. They go to Levy first. Why? Because you're like, when I bought it, there was still five pieces of land available. I wouldn't have bought it if I, if I knew. You understand what I'm saying? You go to the last person who purchased it. You don't go to the first person. That makes sense. Right? You purchased land in 2005, and then 2010, I sold the rest. You think people can go to you first? No, they go to that guy first. Yeah, because it makes sense. When you bought the land, you left land available for collecting. You're like, that's why I didn't buy all his land. I left stuff available. You have to go to the last guy possible. So over here, so to over here, the Gemara says like this. So when it's two, three, four, we assume there's no specific order. And therefore, you just take from all three equally distributed. But if the Shechiv Merah said, give him 200, V'acharov Leploni, and then give 300, V'acharov Leploni, and then give 400, then there is a specific order, and you have to collect then the first one gets 200, then the next one gets 300, then the third one gets 400. And therefore, if the Shechiv Merah owes money, and the guy has a star to collect, he collects from the last one. And now, if the last one doesn't have enough, then he goes, to, if, he, if Levi doesn't have enough, then you go to Shimon. If Shimon doesn't have enough, then you go to Reuben. The Gemara's assumption is that the case could even be in the following. Ruvain has Bainanis, and Levi's got Ziboris. You could tell him, go to Levi first. Because he was the last one. one. Now, let me ask you a question. This is a case of what? You gave it to Ruvain, Shimon, and Levi as gifts, yeah? So what do you see? You see that gifts are governed by the same exact laws as sales. You see, because Pashtus, this is talking about gifts. It's not like you're giving Reuben Shimon money, Shimon Levy money that you owe. It just says, Tanu, give him as a gift. So what do you see? You see that even by gifts, we have the same rules, which is you could only take free available stuff, the Ziboris, and not go to the encumbered stuff, the Bainanis. You see that gifts are governed by the same rules as commerce. So the Gemara says no. Um... The answer number one is Who says Reuven, Shimon, and Levi are, are receiving gifts? Maybe they're receiving money that's owed to them. It just says give them money. It never says that it's a gift. We were assuming it's a gift. Maybe it's paying off a debt. I Wait, doesn't the price say give them? It means give them the money. I owe them. Okay. Wait a minute. So now if you're telling me that it's money paid off 
then why does it matter your order? Shouldn't it be whenever you owe them money? Look at the star. Right? If Reuben, Shimon, and Levi borrowed, uh, owe him money, then they prob- it should go by the date of the star. So the answer is, the lekashtar. The case is these were all oral uh, loans, meaning these were loans without, uh, these were loans to friends. There were, there were no, no paper trail. I call a koidim b'shtar kamer, but wait a minute, doesn't the Bryce say whoever's earlier in the star, which implies there is a star? No, b'shtar pekadita, it means the star of, the, of giving the gifts. Meaning, you owed Reuben, Shimon, and Levi money, but there's no star for actual the loans. But the star is just writing to give them the to, the star is the command to pay them. Okay. The Gemara gives two answers that it could be that really it's a gift, and gifts are governed differently than a balchov. So what does it mean? So the truth is, in this case of Reuben, Shimon, Levi, you actually cannot just go to Levi. You actually have to go to Reuven also. Meaning, gifts are, are, are governed different by, than, than Chov. You could actually take Reuven's property because he's got bane in this. Even though Reuven was first, the answer is gifts are different. When it comes to sales and commerce, we will always go to the last guy. But gifts are different. We don't care. So take his gift away. Who cares? He doesn't get a gift. We'll actually take it from Reuven. I, it says, go to the last one. What it means is Reuven will then go to the last one. You can take it from Reuven, but Reuven will then take it from Levi to fulfill the words, uh, the, the guy's words. So really, the, uh, gifts c- could be are governed differently. And Itaka go to Reuven first. I thought Reuven, I thought you go to the last one. It means Reuven goes to Levi and collects afterwards. But Yitaka could go to Reuven first. Or another answer, or perhaps no, another simple answer. We were trying to find a case where there was gifts, and the first person had Bainanis, and the last one had Ziboris. And the question is, can I take the Bainanis and leave the Ziboris, or do I have to just take the Ziboris? The answer is, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, it's all Bainanis. Why are you assuming one's Bainanis, one's Ziboris? It's all Bainanis. And therefore, it's not a proof either way. Okay, let's just finish up. One last thing, very simple. Um, I buy land from you. I bought a, a property from you, yeah? And then if it turned out you were Ghanif, and that land was stolen, so it's taken away from me. The, the, the police take it away from me. I can go back to you and collect the land, right? You sold me land. Worth ten thousand dollars. It was stolen. The cops come take it away. So you owe me ten thousand dollars worth of land. I could come take it from you. I could come undo some sales that you did to get the ten thousand dollars. I can do. That. What if I, uh, you know, when we moved in Tashiyah, we put in what was a hundred thousand dollars into this. So what if I bought the land, ten thousand dollars? I put in a hundred thousand dollars onto the land. Right, Ta- cops take it away. So now I'm owed one hundred ten thousand. The halacha is ten thousand. I could do from undo sales. A hundred thousand. I can't. 100000 I could only take from cash that you have. I can't undo sales that you did in order to get back, recoup my investment that I added onto the land. You understand? What you're saying is that, that for any, any, any in, increase, increase, to the, in, increase to the value of the property, I cannot collect I from like sold property. Why? The Gemara says, why? My time, what's the reason? The reason is because it's not written in the star. You see, when you, when you buy land, when people bought land from you, they knew that it's a risk, right? The risk is it might get taken away from you. People know, oh, hey, if he sold property that was stolen, it'll get taken away from me. That's always a risk, and I know about that. The value that you added to the land is not written in the star. So therefore, when I buy land from you, it's not on my radar. Like when I buy land from you, I'm like, okay, if he sold property that was stolen, it'll get taken away from me. But nobody thinks about the 
the, uh, uh, the add-ons. So because people don't think about it, it's, there's, I, don't, I don't like to protect myself. We, 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 only, uh, we only take away land that, was, that you sold. We'll only do that if people know that there's a risk. People don't realize that there's a risk of the, because also, as the Gemara is going to say, another answer, um, also there's like, there's no amount. Like land is pretty clear of how much, like how much you put into a building could be 10,000, could be a million, could be 10 million. It depends on, you know, faucets can be really expensive, whatever it is. So people don't really think about this and therefore to protect them, we will not allow you to take the property from them. So the Gemara says, And wait a minute, you're telling me it's all contingent on whether it's written in the Shtar, but what about support for the wife and the daughter, which it's as if it's written, everyone knows that that's the husband's right to support and that we will not collect from sold property, meaning to pay for the alimony and to pay for child support, we will not go to sold property. But that's, everyone knows about it. The answer is, The answer is over there, it is well known, but Chazal did not want to ruin commerce, and therefore Chazal said that even though it is written, you still cannot collect from the encumbered property. But that's different. Child support and alimony is not, the, the reason why you can't collect is not because people don't know about it. People know about it. It's just Chazal wanted people to be able to do business. If you start doing business and then properties are taken away from you to pay child support, which by the way can go on forever, and alimony, which can go on forever, it's going to stop commerce. That's different. That, that, that's a different Indian. Generally, it's contingent on whether people know there's a risk, but child support and alimony, which can go on forever, Chazal just did not want to undo commerce because it's going to lead to problems. You understand? So the Gemara says, I'll stop it.